0: Alright, it's time for the podcast. Welcome in. Uh, we've got a couple of things to get to. I'm going to try to keep this a, a little bit shorter. So we will cover uh, the off season, which is basically just draft grades. And then we've already had a couple of user games in the 2037 season. So we will recap those and that'll be it for today. draft grades. Uh, Now remember, as always, with the draft grades, uh, I will give my commentary on the drafts, or at least kind of the first half of the draft uh, of each team in the league, Uh, and that's just my opinion. It's very unscientific. Uh, Whatever it's worth to you, then um, maybe you enjoy the commentary, maybe you find it useful, or you can ignore it. Either way, it's commentary, but The grades themselves are scientific. They come from a very complex algorithm developed over decades uh, through the use of former NASA scientists and mathematicians and college professors and some of the greatest minds that have ever been a part of professional football. So you know those draft grades are as accurate as possible. And um, they're basically gospel. And I know everyone sees them that way around the league. So we'll begin with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs had the 29th pick in the draft, and in the second round they had the 29th and 30th. So not picking real early for the Chiefs, but they do have you know, uh, an extra uh, top 60 pick there. Uh, I think that's top 60. It's right, borderline top 60. I guess it wouldn't be. Uh, that 30th pick in the second round, not a top 60 pick. Anyway, why does that matter? I don't know. Uh, they drafted, in the first round, Julius Smallwood, pass rusher from Oklahoma. His draft stock had taken a hit late in the draft process uh, because there were rumors that he didn't uh, put in the work in the weight room as much as his coaches at Oklahoma would have liked. And, and it may appear that that's true from his athletic ability here. He's a 71 overall player and normal development trait. I, I think he'll probably get a chance to uh, up that development trait, um, but it kind of stinks to, to start from that point. So okay, pick there. In the first round, you'd hope to get a better player, but they were picking late in the first round. Uh, then in the second round, Fred Duval, who didn't make it to the uh, didn't make it to the combine at all, so we had no idea what his athletic ability was, and it turned out to be okay. 91 speed, and uh, I think his agility and acceleration were both in the 80s, kind of high 80s. Um, So that's okay, but uh, two picks that are kind of chancy picks by the Chiefs to start off the draft, uh, and that's probably going to hurt their grade a little bit. Uh, Hopefully they know what they're doing. Then after that, Gary Tubbs at free safety, and uh, cornerback, Mick Barker. That's his name, Mick Barker. Uh, Quarterback Mick Barker in the third round. Um, I'm guessing he's a backup quarterback, probably the the second-string quarterback. 67 overall, so that's a decent starting point for a quarterback. Uh, He should turn into a pretty good career backup, uh, unless the Chiefs are committing to something more with him. Uh, And then Anthony at receiver, he's a 58 overall. And Moses Branch, uh, left guard, 61 overall, and, and on from there. Um, so only one player over 70 for the Chiefs. And then a couple, three of them there in the high 60s. And after that, it got uh, kind of rough for them. Um, but Duvall and Tubbs, not bad picks there. I think that'll help their secondary. The thing that really hurts for the Chiefs is, uh, as far as I can tell, not a single one of these players had a hidden development trait. And that's uh, that really stinks when that happens. So the draft grade for the Chiefs. Uh, is a B-. And here for the Browns, uh, the Browns were picking third overall and 13th overall, and then the second round, 13th and 32nd, and then they had their fourth round pick and an early fifth round pick. So what did the Browns do here? I know that the Browns were very pleased with their draft, and I think it started out quite well. Uh, Charles Barnes at the third pick at free safety, 93 speed for a free safety, is very good. He's a 76 overall. I thought this guy was one of the best players in the draft, and uh, you know I would have loved to have had him. Uh, so that's an excellent pick. And then Walker at corner. Um, I don't remember his stats, but I-, I thought he was okay. This was not a good corner class. So if the Browns wanted to go get one, it probably had to be early, and it probably had to be him. Um, so... Two pretty good picks there. I'm trying to find Mac Walker. Yeah, 95 speed for Mac Walker. So there was really only one corner with that kind of uh, ability in this draft. And then right tackle Ainsworth, I believe he was a hidden development trait. And uh, he was highly rated as well. And they got him in the second round, 71 overall. So if he's a is a hidden development trait and he develops, then he's going to turn out pretty well for him and Richmond at D-tackle. I don't know if the Browns necessarily needed a D-tackle. This is more of a depth pick. Uh, He's a 68 overall. And at this point, the Browns were looking at maybe getting an A, Uh, but then they pulled what we call around here the Patriot trifecta, and they drafted a punter and a kicker and a fullback. And on top of that, they drafted all three of those when um, they didn't have zero players at all three positions. Uh, They did need a kicker and a punter, so that makes sense. Uh, Fullback, they already had one, and they drafted one anyway. Um, And I don't remember if he was a hidden development trait, but I can look. And he was not. Uh, Rashad Lacy, they drafted a fullback, and that was uh, a little bit later, so that's all right to pick a fullback in the sixth round. But a punter in the fourth round, man, that... I I don't know about that. Um, and so this, this Patriot trifecta, which uh, of course has earned its name because this is something the Patriots have done multiple times, gone kicker, punter, fullback. Uh, in fact, one year they even did it when they had players at all three of those positions already. Um, the Patriot trifecta really hurt the Browns grade and dropped them from an A to a B-minus and uh and that's just too bad for the browns cuz i don't think they'd ever gotten a grade higher than a b minus uh so they certainly hadn't gotten an a before uh but i'll tell you they got bumped up to a b because they drafted the first uh that i can remember the first uh kicker with a hidden development trait in the franchise so that's kind of exciting for the browns uh it probably will end up being an X-factor kicker because that's kind of how things go for the Browns. Although, what's fun about this is his uh, hidden development, to, in order to see what this development trait is when it's hidden, you have to play 500 snaps. And for a kicker, that could take like four years uh, or maybe even longer. Uh, the Browns do score a lot, so um, you know a lot of extra points might might help him there. Uh, Maybe they sub him in at receiver and let him get a few plays there. But uh, we won't know what his hidden development trade is for a while. Most likely a star. I don't think any kind of kickers or special teamers or fullbacks or anything are going to be higher than that, but we'll see. Um, So that boosted the Browns draft grade. The Browns get a B. Moving on to the Patriots. Uh, The Patriots, who besides drafting kickers and uh, punters and fullbacks all in the same draft. They also love taking safeties, and they love taking lots of safeties. And they did that again this year. Uh, The first pick was Barry Mays, uh, right guard, 75 overall. overall, And very good pick here. I think he's going to be an excellent player for them. Um, And they needed some offensive line. Uh, And on top of that, he's a hidden development trait, and he's only uh, 20-some snaps from... Uh, being revealed uh, what his trade actually is. So there's a good pick. Reed Miller at strong safety was pick number 17. Uh, The Patriots during the draft process did about as bad a job as any team I've ever seen of trying to hide their intentions about who they're going to take. Everybody knew they wanted to take Reed Miller and they got lucky that nobody traded up in front of them and took him. Um, But, so they've got him now and he's a 73 overall strong safety, Yeah, strong safety. And and I think they're pretty happy to have him. Um, Maybe. uh, I don't know if they're happy with that, his athleticism, both acceleration and agility in the eighties. Also a 24 year old rookie, which I've never been a big fan of, Uh, but maybe that doesn't matter if you're one of those teams that likes to dump these guys after their first contract, then, it uh, doesn't really matter how old they are as a rookie. Uh, but that he's, like I said, 73 overall. Uh, that that was Those were two picks in a row, 16 and 17, in the first round. In the second round, they picked at 10 and 17. And at 10, they got Roten at free safety. Uh, so another safety for the uh, Patriots, uh, despite having a couple of studs at safety. I think they traded one of them. Um, But having, I think, Clifford Rachel's at safety right now for the Patriots. Uh, Dave Roten, 86 speed, uh, 71 overall. So could develop into a good player. He's not going to be keeping up with Michael Sharp or Diamond Payne down the sideline. Uh, But as a safety, they can probably get away with not doing that. And then back-to-back outside linebackers for the Patriots. uh, Fitzgerald and Fitch. Um, So similar sounding names uh sixty nine overall sixty eight overall uh definitely a position they needed I don't know um if these are gonna these players are necessarily the answer, but um when you really need players at the at a position you just gotta start taking them and i don't think either one of these guys was a hidden development trait they are not then cooper at tight end. And I don't know who else they took. So Cooper will be their backup tight end behind Clinton Hamlin, who's having a pretty good year this year. Uh, so for the Patriots, they get a B minus. Uh, for the Panthers, the Panthers were picking at number six and number ten. The Panthers keep uh, moving themselves up and trying to take premium talent, and they uh, did get rid of Toby Clemens. So they are on their quarterback is on a rookie contract right now, uh, so they can afford to do this. And the Panthers' first two picks are really strong. Conrad McLean at left tackle. That's a 77 overall player. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a hidden development trait. Uh, there were a lot of good linemen in this draft class. And he was uh, right there at the top of the list. He is a hidden development trait. And uh, then Mac Castle at halfback at number 10. Now, that's going to boost their grade, Uh, and he's a good player. I really hesitate to take receiving running backs early in drafts because I don't think they hold up as well. Uh, I think they are prone to getting beat up. Uh, If you doubt me, you can ask the Browns about Tavon Rucker and how that's going for them. Um, If you're drafting this guy to be your bell cow back, I think that's – Maybe a little bit of a mistake. Um, but he is an excellent player. 76 overall. Got uh, good speed and great acceleration and agility. And the Panthers do like throwing to their running back. So they're going to get a lot out of that. He is 21 years old. So hopefully throughout his first contract, they, he, they can uh, keep him healthy there. Um, but he may grade a little. Uh, the draft grade may be a little lower because of that. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, picking... 1st and 6th in the 2nd round, and then they had their 3rd and 4th round picks as well. Um, The Panthers took Dickens at middle linebacker, uh, 67 overall. I think they were probably hoping for a little bit higher from that pick, but uh, they will play him, they will work on him, they will try to develop him. Um, But as the 1st pick in the 2nd round, you kind of hope you're getting a guy that's up around 70. 70. And then Woods at left guard. He's a 70 overall. That's a pretty good pick. Uh, he's going to play. And Kaler at tight end in the third round. 72 overall. Good uh, overall for him. I don't know where he's going to be on the depth chart for the Panthers, is the thing. Um, but I'm, I'm sure they'll use him. And McDowell at receiver, 66. I don't think he was what they were hoping he was going to be. Uh, so, anyway, I think two really strong picks at the beginning. And then uh, the Panthers, who normally draft really well throughout, I think they faded just a little bit in the later rounds. And the Panthers get a B as their draft grade. Uh, Moving on to the Packers. Is this the last team we need to cover? I believe it is. Uh, The Packers were picking at number 7 and number 18. And in the second round, they were picking 3 and 4. And in the third round, 16 and 31. And the Packers at number seven took Jay McAllister, uh, left guard, 76 overall. He's got a hidden development trait. Uh, The Packers lost so many offensive linemen in the offseason, and they also have a couple that are very close to their careers ending. Uh, So they really, really needed that. That's a good pick. Uh, Jarvis Howard at right end, who will be playing outside linebacker, 71 overall. I think they wanted a little more from him. Uh, but those outside linebackers, they get a few sacks and they get a chance to up their development traits and really develop. Uh, so there's potential there. Dell Williams, drafted in the second round. Dell Williams is an interesting guy whose uh, safety is kind of run support safety. He's going to play in the sub packages for the Packers as a linebacker, uh, and then he could develop into a full time safety. Uh, he So far, he's been developing pretty well. Uh, the, the fourth pick in the second round Holloway at, at tackle, uh, 69 overall, also a hidden development trait. So he's going to figure into the plans for the Packers and then a little redundant in the third round they took, um, gross, a left tackle 72 overall, uh, gross was a projected seventh rounder and graded out as a first rounder Uh, and, you know, pretty good overall grade there. Not a hidden development trait, only disappointing part about that. And then Rhodes, at middle linebacker, trying to add depth there. Uh, And then the Packers got some depth in the secondary later. And more linemen because, like I said, their line situation is abysmal. Uh, So this is a pretty decent draft for the Packers. They get an A. It's time for some game recaps. In week one and week three, we had a couple of games. Uh, Before we get to those, we had one player development in the offseason that was missed. Uh, Trailer for the Browns became a superstar. Uh, I did not look up his abilities, um, but not a big surprise as he had monster numbers last year and probably will again this year. Uh, Week one, the Browns in that annual... um, defending champion home game on Thursday night uh, hosted the Packers. So it was a Super Bowl rematch and it went pretty similar. Um, The Packers just can't react fast enough to do anything on the field uh, against the Browns. And the Browns, I think, were a little sluggish, a little uncertain uh, on offense. Uh, It's always tough when you've kind of got a new version of your team and you're trying to figure it out. Uh, it was a 27-10 Browns victory. Um, the Packers' defense did a pretty good job holding them in check, but uh, because the Packers couldn't put any offensive pressure on them, the Browns were able to to really play things pretty safe, and, uh, and they didn't have to push it a lot. Uh, I'm trying to remember anything else from this game that matters. Uh, a couple of big throws down the field for the Browns. Sharp, and I think it was Trailer on some deep routes got loose, and then uh, Tavon Rucker scored on a scored on a screen pass, which he does just about every game. And the Packers got a touchdown uh, going over the top to to Bo Nicholas, but Corcoran threw a bunch of interceptions and was in trouble all game long because this Packers offense, as I mentioned earlier, is uh basically breaking in the whole new offensive line. Three rookies started in this game. And they did not do well against Evan Griffey and uh I can't remember any of the others, but that that Browns pass rush is, is pretty good, pretty scary. So uh the the Packers were not ready for that. Uh and and it showed. So 27-10 victory for the Browns and then in week three we had the Panthers and Patriots. I didn't see this game. I did get a report on it, uh, so thank you for that. Um, the Patriots outgained the Panthers, uh, but they had three turnovers that were very costly. Uh, the Panthers scored first uh, after a three and out by the Patriots. And the Patriots responded with a field goal, and the Panthers scored again. Patriots got a touchdown right before halftime to make it 14-10 and make it close. Uh, Carolina added nine points later, I think, on field goals and got up 23-10. And the Patriots scored early in the fourth, fourth quarter and then had a chance uh, at the end of the game to go on a game-winning drive, but they threw another interception. Uh, looks like the Panthers, their offense really came from two guys. Uh, the new running back, Castle, uh, averaged eight yards a carry in this game, and they also got the ball thrown to him a little bit. And then uh, Dion Haywood at receiver, who is a stud, uh, really carried, carried, uh, carried the passing game for the Panthers as they're starting the season with a new quarterback, uh, Lafferty, who is one of the lower overall rated quarterbacks that any of us has started a season with. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Not a first round pick, not a guy that was ever expected to be a franchise quarterback, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out for the Panthers going forward. And I think for the the Patriots, uh, they've got they, they've got to figure out how to not throw interceptions, not turn the ball over, and uh maybe spread it around to more of their weapons. And they also need to get more of a running game. They only had they had averaged under three yards of carry in this game course it's tough to run the ball on the Panthers Uh, I believe they're also missing their second string running back and they don't have another one on the roster or maybe they went out and got one but uh, they need more depth at running back that would really help the Patriots but um, I'm glad it was a close game Uh, it looks like the Patriots are really close to to breaking through they've got a strong roster uh, maybe depth in some different spots uh, would help them a lot, and then getting a little more careful with the ball, and they would be able to compete with anybody we got, so uh glad that was a close game, and looking forward to whichever ones we got coming up in the near future i don't know what they are, um, but should be fun no matter what so that 's the podcast for today uh, again i 'm probably not going to catch everything going forward as I actually coach football, Uh, so I'll just cover whatever I can remember to cover whenever I have a chance to do a podcast, so if you want to drop a voice message and, you know, help contribute via, with some content via that method, uh, or anything else you want to do to help out the podcast, please do, it'd be great, and we'll talk to you next time.